are back. It is a very special episode here for JB's Driving Podcast. Paul and I are in studio celebrating the one-year anniversary yeah. of this show. Yep, yep. We uh, started it around a year ago. And uh, and we, we appreciate the audience that we have. We really do, even though we bust on everybody. Um, but it's really, you know, about... I don't think we bust on the audience. Well, I kind of crap on from time to time. Not recently, though. No. We bust on each other, but that really the reason why we do this show is so I can hang out with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty is, much. That's the reason why we do the show. Amongst other people. Amongst other people, yes. <laughs> the clown car get, keeps on getting bigger. Yeah. So, uh... Our first watch along, Friday the thirteenth last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two weeks ago now. Yeah, it would be two weeks ago when this is released. Uh, really nice yeah. yeah. So, uh, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I really, I, re- I honestly, I'm not slapping ourselves in the back. I felt for the fact that we didn't do a practice one at all. Yeah. That was our first one. I thought it was great. And going back and listening to it, because I wanted to listen to it. I'm not. I listened to some of our. Ep- I listen to all of our episodes. I have to because I I edit. edit them, but it's different when you're editing something and you're listening to it. Right. And this, you know, I didn't do any editing for Friday Thirteen because it was a watch along. Um, but to go back and listen to it, it is. And I know we talked about this on the phone earlier this week. It is. It's funny. And I think what makes it the funny the funnier uh, is. We're so you and I have this personality. I, you know, some of those out there would appreciate it. We are, and I'm not joking when I say this. Our personalities. We're very sarcastic people, right? We have very dry sense of humor as well. Sure, we do. I mean, and I guess borderline, we're assholes. Um, from yeah, con- that's probably the closest the, to it. The, you know, the comic sense. We 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 are. We say things off the cuff all the time, and. Yeah, it usually gets me in a lot of trouble. It does. It can. Maybe relationships were broken because of it, but you know that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Uh, yeah. Fuck them. But I just it's it's funny going back and listening to it, and and and, and the the funniest comments weren't ones I, I didn't even remember saying, or you saying, or Scott saying. It is like these subtle little nuanced comments that just rolled off the tongue. Like it's it's something that we'd normally say to somebody else, right? Or about somebody else. But I really enjoyed it, and I, I you know, as much as I bust on Friday the Thirteenth, because it's it's not quite as terrible as Pet Cemetery, and it's certainly no Jaws or that territory at all, not even close. Okay. And I have to re- and caveat, I have to remember that it was made in 1980, uh-huh. and I've, I I have to remember that, and in 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 that time period, um. Uh, you know the the movies are out. Spill your grave, Halloween, which you know I think is vastly superior to Friday Thirteenth. We did. I've always kind of felt that way too. But yeah, I, I I just think Halloween. But I appreciate it for two different reasons. I mean, essentially, Friday Thirteenth is where you started seeing more inventive gore. Um, that didn't happen as much in Halloween, uh, and. You know, you had Black Christmas and a couple other movies that were, you know, and then of course, The Last House on the Left and that kind of gore, mm-hmm. and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. But those were different 
that was like a wholly different would you thing. I mean, those would you classify them as like was it slaughterhouse that that just over the top uh, exploitation type film? I mean, they definitely think? yeah, they're exploitation, they're gore yeah. gore films. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a difference between horror and gore, and I yeah. think. Friday Thirteenth kind of straddled that line where it was still horror, um, and it was starting a genre that didn't exist. Um, I agree with and that. And that's the other part of it. I mean, you know, there's always been horror, mm-hmm. but it's always you know it's it's developed over the years. I mean, be, at, in the beginning, it was monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, we Did were it? always going after the monsters, and the monsters were coming after us. Yeah, the Universal monsters. Right? Well. Yeah, the Universal Monsters were, you know, a huge proponent mm-hmm. of that. But even before that, I mean, you can go back into the plays and stuff like that. Um, they they always had these monsters. You know, you had to slay the dragon. Yes. You know, and it stopped being an adventure and started being horror when you were able to add more drama to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of where that went. But then as horror moved along, it stopped being the monster and it started being the real monster is humans. You know, there's a human monster that's coming after us. Yes. And then that human monster became more and more psychological. Mm-hmm. And then the human monster and, and the psychological monster then turned inwards where it was, we were attacking ourselves, you know I mean? So it's, it's really kind of gone in that direction where it's become more psychological as mm-hmm. years gone on. Except for, you know, the bigger films like the one we're covering next week, which is Scream, mm-hmm. you know, which was still... But that was a throwback film more than yeah. anything else. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you, and if I may add something, I, I prefer... I prefer that psychological... As you know, that's why I love Jaws. Um, I, bu- I prefer that psychological horror because yeah. it could happen. Yeah, and I think I think the difference is is that you're looking at Jaws as a psychological horror where it really wasn't. It was more of a monster film. Jaws was a monster. Uh, he wasn't fucking with them as much. I mean, he did, but he really didn't. I mean, all of that was just internal struggle. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Jaws is great because mm-hmm. it had a great writer. It, it had a great screenplay, mm-hmm. uh, and then it had a great director. Uh, and then had a, a great cast, yeah, so you cast. you can't really go wrong. I mean, and you know, just the monologue, the you know, the independent, yes. the uh, Indianapolis monologue alone yes. is just if you you could just put that out, yes, literally, you could have nothing going on for an hour and a half, and then yes. have that monologue, and it's impactful. Um, you know, that's completely you know but in the core of it if you want to look at it as a horror movie you still have to realize that it's not a psychological thriller as much as it's just a monster movie Mm -hmm. this time the monster is more real than frankenstein it's a shark you know so you you can't you know it's a nature horror film you know and nature is is another aspect of all this it's it's come on over the years but i mean truly you know, another movie that came out right around the same time as Jaws was Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. And Last House on the Left is definitely much more, well, it's obviously, you know, gore porn, but that's much more psychological because that is the torment of a parent 
and then having to realize the situation that they're in and then having to decide what they're going to do about it and then basically turning the tables on the tormentor. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's much more psychological than Jaws is, but that, and I'm not taking away from Jaws. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the psychological aspects of Jaws all has to do with the three main characters and their struggle. Their struggles. You know, between each other and between the monster. Mm -hmm. um, and be, by isolating those three, that's where you even... If you didn't do that, if you didn't isolate those three away from everyone else, I don't even know if there's any psychology in the film. You know, but by well, doing like a, that, the it really... is you're not seeing the monster. Well, yeah, That's, I get that. It, but it was a happy but accident. But let's be honest. In the old horror films, you didn't see the monsters right away either. Even, okay, even Halloween. I mean, did you see Michael Myers? Not really, not towards the end. I know who end. did see it. Timmy saw it. Timmy saw what? The shape. Whenever he looked out the window, he saw the shape. Oh, Okay. <laughs> oh, Timmy, uh, I thought you meant my cousin. No, Timmy. no, no, not him. Not <laughs> Timmy, him. right, Not right. that silly guy. But uh, yes, you're right, you're right. I I, I'm sorry. Saying. But overall, the main characters don't even see the villain. You know, Friday the 13th, you never even saw, no. uh, you know, you never even seen, um, I want to say Judith Myers. That's not it. Uh, uh, Your girlfriend? Uh, the the killer, the mother. Yeah, what's her um, name? Your Mrs. girlfriend. Voorhees. Yeah. Um, what are you doing here? Pamela. No, Pamela is her real name. What's what the hell? I don't is even Voorhees know. Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah. So anyway, you don't even see her until the very end of the film. She's yeah. driving the truck, the jeep, when she kills the yeah. girl, but you never see her. Large Marge. You never see. You know. You never. All you ever you see, see is a... like boots or this or that or some <laughs> other kind of thing. Still don't get that part about the movie. What the whole scene? Annie's walking that far. You know, oh, like, what great. was her? What purpose did she serve? <laughs> she <was> so horrible. <laughs> I so I love that whole arc. It's it all, so that, great. That is one of the greatest arcs in the movie of all time. <laughs> it's so pointless, <laughs> and I'm sure that they didn't even think about the fact that how pointless that fucking thing was. You could have taken twenty minutes, shaved twenty minutes off that movie. No impact at all. Nope. That had no impact at all. It had nothing to do with the story at all. <laughs> and it, she never even makes it. It's great. <laughs> it's the best part about you it. You missed a turn. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, they evolved. And then, you know, I don't know. Is there anything else? I mean, I, I like the, the... The concept of doing the watch along. Yeah, I didn't... I thought we would get kind of like sucked into the movie and not be able to talk it up. Yeah. That's what that was my concern was that we would get you know there would be too much no talking. You you really you really underestimated the amount of jackassery that was in the room at the same time. Yeah. That you really underestimated the egos <laughs> that we had say <laughs> There was only one part where there was a little bit of silence. It was at the end. Well, I think we we literally turned the the film up so you could hear it a little yeah, bit. So yeah. that was on, done on purpose. So. Yes, it was. But other than that, we had lots to say. And I thought it was funny. Even about going back and watching the video was fucking funny. Just because of how it all, like, how it looked, how it was produced. Oh, it looked like shit? <laughs> oh, just like the movie. But it was funny because it's like you're using your imagination. You don't see us in the movie. <laughs> 
just a bunch of guys firing off these comments. <laughs> Although we could have just put little uh, caricatures of us at the bottom of the screen. That's a good idea. I might have to do that next time. So, no, we're going to do another one. I think I enjoyed it. And I thought it's a different dimension to the podcast as well. Yeah, I think we might want to... Well, I don't know if we need a third person or not. I mean, I know my kids didn't add much. Um, they, they, you'd be surprised. They, ch- they chimed in more than you think they did. But uh, I... I, uh, I don't know. We'll talk Scott. about something off the air. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott knows a lot about Friday the 13th. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. That motherfucker, he he's like every every five minutes he had a, he had a, like a nuanced comment. I think he came in prepared. Yeah, okay. He he came in with guns loaded. Oh, so you think that you know he's trying to portray himself as an expert, but you you think he just spent the entire week reading about Friday? I games. think he did. Yeah. So you think he's full of shit? Mm, I don't want to go as far as to say full of shit because he did bring it to the show. He did but bring it to the shit to the show. Yes. I don't know that if we. If we brought him over here and didn't tell him what the movie was, <laughs> I'm not sure that he would have had all that background information. So you're saying you want to set him up? I think we should just tell him <laughs> the wrong movie and then have him come in and we'll just we'll hit him with it. Um, and just to be just to be sure, Greg Klein is still banned from the studio, correct? I, I never banned. banned him. What's what? Why is he banned? Because he, he's you know he there was an invite that was sent and he said that he did not want to come. Now he wants to come. Oh, was it because of me? No, it had nothing to do with you. Well, I know he doesn't like me, so... And he, he he did say, he's like, I can't stand Paul. I wish nothing but ill will upon him. Yeah. Um, and and when, you know, when you find yourself out of Pasadena, if Maryland, then he will show up to the studio. I'm like, but you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and Greg should do the show. <laughs> he's trying to push, he's trying to push Brian off on us. Oh, really? He's bringing up that you guys need to do a wrestling show with Brian. Like, absolutely not. There's no way in hell. I'd love to do a wrestling show. Really? I love wrestling, dude. Really? I watch way too much of it. No. I'm just... No, whatever. So anyway, before we get to the movie, <clears throat> one year anniversary, you have not left the country, so we can use this time to... What do you think of the past year? We've been doing the show. Uh, the movies involved. Anything? Any I think um, you know it, it's. I know we had a conversation about not wanting to do comedies, but I think that when we did, I'm going to get you sucker. It worked fine, but then we did Ace Ventura, and that was probably just a shit fest. So mm. I I don't know if it's comedies as much as it's you know we would. I'm not sure if we have to love the comedy. Yeah, I, I, and plus, with I'm going to get your sucker. There was a whole the idea of, of talking about black exploitation, the right. Wayans brothers. There was an angle here, whereas Jim Carrey is one of the most hateable people in the world. I think he is now. I don't know if he was then. Maybe I think most people liked Jim Carrey back then, and they hadn't gotten tired of his shtick. His shtick, which is terrible. And then once you got past his shtick, then it became his ego. And then once you got past his ego, it was this, you know, newfound uh, hatred for half the people in the country. Mm -hmm. So it it does tend to... Well... Find it get difficult to watch. And we did do Ghostbusters as well. Yeah, Ghostbusters, another comedy. Yeah. I thought that one did well. That was well. a good show. But yeah, so we, we've covered 
Um, so pre- maybe we just need an angle to an hit angle it at. Because I, yeah. I mean, I know we've been talking about doing Scrooge this year, and I'm concerned. Me too. Because I love I that love, movie, yeah. and it, I'm really worried that, you know, I, I'm not sure that we can really even come up with a good angle to go at. I don't know. It's such a great movie. It's so, such an iconic movie. And it, and I just don't know that we can. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of things out there. There's plenty of Christmas movies. I mean, we could destroy Patrick Stewart's interpretation of. Yeah. We could. Cause I'm not really up on that, but yeah, we could. It's That's well, a cartoon, though. No, it's the. It was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I never remember that one. Yeah, the so, cartoon was Jim Carrey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, maybe we'll figure it out. There's also Die Hard Two lingering out there. I don't know. We'll see. We we have one Christmas movie picked out, which is Jingle All the Way, which is a comedy, but it's not. A, <laughs> we're not attacking because it's a comedy. No, because of the individual starring in it, who also starred in the first movie we did, which is Predator. Um, I love that movie. Absolutely love that movie. Actually, the, the poster will be up on this wall. It will be eventually. Um, then we did Halloween, which was probably one of our best episodes. I still look back at it as one of our best episodes. Yeah. I don't know that you're going to have the same kind of feeling for Halloween too, though. Mm. <laughs> we're doing it, Halloween too gets a lot more formulaic. Yeah, and we're doing Halloween two uh, in uh, two episodes from now, correct? Yeah, it's so Scream next. and then Halloween two. We are heading into um, October. Yeah, because this will actually, the second part of this one will actually stretch into the first week of uh, October. So, uh, right. Looking forward to recording Scream as well. Yeah, you know, probably have a little bit of deja vu doing that, but um, <laughs> really look. But yeah, no, no. Everything is in the archives. Had some uh, had some good times with that. Um, also, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, uh, the Game of Thrones miniseries did did quite well as well. I was surprised about that. Um, maybe we'll. we'll I wasn't. I mean, it was like the number one thing going on at yeah. the time. Yeah. So well, I mean, we'll, we'll explore some of that. Other ways to. Uh, well, they they got spinoff shows. Coming, oh yeah. Don't they? Oh yeah. Yes, they do. I mean, I never watched the first thing, so it's it's great. But uh, so so. Overall, I think you know we're, we're you know we're enjoying doing this. You enjoying doing this? Most of the time. Most of the time. After about f- looking at me for ninety minutes, I can see the disgust in your eyes. No, it's not. That's that's you know, not an issue. No. It's I, I think this is what three weeks in a row or something that we've filmed that we've recorded something. Hmm. No. Last week, this week, and then we. We may have recorded something four weeks ago. May have three weeks ago. I don't know. Yeah, it was three weeks ago. That coupled with the fact that this movie sucks. Oh uh, yeah. So so let us. So it took us a long time. As we've been talking about this for, and I'm not exaggerating, a month. What are we gonna do for a one year anniversary show? Yeah. And um, we had a list, a long list of movies I would did. have loved to done. And, and, and be, then we settled on Predator 2. Predator 2. Before we talk <laughs> about that, before we talk about that, um, you know, a lot of people do on the anniversary shows, they go out and have people call in and have like, you know, little voice recordings uh, congratulating them. Mm-hmm. We don't do here, that here. Yeah, we because we, we don't have any friends. We don't have any friends. So well, you, I don't have any friends. You have friends. Well, let's just put this, that would have been taking entirely too much effort to organize. Yeah. Yeah. And I say too much effort. Any amount of effort is too much. Is effort. too much effort for that. 
I had to fucking order a movie and watch it this week. Yeah, so let's get... So the first ever movie we did is one of my all-time favorite movies is Predator. Yeah. So we, as, ta- as Paul over there said, we had a long list of movies to choose from. We were talking movies from like Forrest Gump, Avatar. Taken was on the table for a second. Not even a second. Um, so we decided to settle on... Well, we did Predator a year ago. Well, for originally, first it was supposed to be First Blood. First Blood. Because oh. Last Blood is coming out. When this episode releases, so that's what the original plan that was. The original, was. But, but we then realized. we realized it was the one-year anniversary, and we were talking about, uh, you know, of course, our favorite movie, Army of Darkness. But the problem, I, I think, we have a, such a bad taste in our mouth from the Ace Ventura yeah. thing that we were afraid that we were gonna just, yeah. And that's we have to. The thing is, know, we we have to do that movie. Eventually. Need a cleanser. We do. And I'm not sure that we start with that. I, I, you know, maybe we go back through the series and get to it. Evil Dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just that movie holds such a special place in our hearts um, for a variety of reasons. I think it defines our friendship to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, how many times have we watched that movie together? I don't know. <laughs> dozens. <laughs> dozens upon dozens upon dozens. We watched that movie more than they were climbing activists <coughs> in Baltimore City. Believe there me. wasn't that many. No. Um, I saw pictures of the thousands. <laughs> the thousands. It looked like maybe 150 people. 150 people. We watched the movie more than that. So uh, we decided we're going to do Predator 2. And that was a consensus, not just uh, between you and I, but between people I talked to. It's like, it's your one-year anniversary. You did Predator last time. It wasn't a consensus between me and you. No. Because this would not have been my choice. Yeah, I, I, okay. I'll just be honest with you, point blank. I love Predator. I haven't seen Predator 2, geez, 10, 15 years. I think I may have watched it. I saw it last year. See? When I watched Predator, I immediately yeah, watched Predator 2 right after. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I didn't tell the audience. You did not. Um, yeah, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I knew going into it that this was a bad one. Because it's the rest of the Predator movies aren't that bad. I mean, they're not. Alien vs. Predator, I'm not a big fan of. Not because... It's a bad movie, but because it was f- so dark, mm-hmm. like the whole film, like the film is yeah, dark, you can't and you can't see yeah. anything, and yeah. that annoys me, and they do that a lot in movies where they don't have the special effects budget, so they keep the lighting down so you can't see yeah. the problems. Yeah. Um, and they had that happened in Alien vs. Predator. It also happened in um, another one of the Predator movies. What was the, ne- what was the one after this one? Yeah, Predator Two. It was. I thought it was Alien. And then it was Predator. Alien vs. Yeah. Predator. And then Alien vs. Predator Rec- Requiem. Requiem. That was the other one yeah. that had bad lighting. Yeah. And then after that, then they had uh, Predators. The it was either yeah I think it was Predators. Then there was and then it was the Predator. And right. Predators was the one where they were on a whole other world, wasn't it? Yes. With Adrian Brody. Yes. And but the lighting was good in that one, and I didn't mind that one. The special effects were pretty good in it, and I know we'll, we'll probably get to that eventually. Right. Maybe I don't know. Um. And then the Predator wasn't too bad either. It was more or less like we're going to invent a super Predator to kill all the Predators, which was kind of cool. I mean, it's conceptually, it was kind of cool. There seemed, I think we're missing one though. I feel like we are too. I think there's another one, and I cannot for the life of me remember because I seem to remember there was another one before the Predators that was based in like on the Earth. 
see. But there was definitely the Aliens versus Predator Requiem, which the I think that was the one where they were like underground half the movie. And then the original Alien vs. Predators, and both of those movies were filmed so the lighting on it was so bad that it just became it just it just irked the shit out of me. I, I couldn't enjoy the films, and I'm not saying we shouldn't watch them, but at the same time, that would been will be my number one complaint through both of those. films. So yeah, Alien vs. Predator uh, Requiem is 2007. Alien vs. Predator 2004. Uh, the Predators in 2010. Uh, then you have... Um, the new one is the, the Predator. The Predator was last year. Um, Predator 2 in 90. Mm -hmm. um, and then Predator in 87, which is... Oh, the, I guess we got them all then. Yeah. So, they, you know, maybe they had a show or something. I don't know. This, this it seems like we're missing something, but I can't tell you what it is. The, the, yeah, I, I do too. Maybe there, I don't know, maybe there's a tie-in. It's funny, I'm looking at this parade article where they're, of course, you know, blowing Danny Glopper in this. Where they're saying, uh, Predator 2 is a step down from the first, but it's worth a fresh look. Ugh. It's Lawrence Arabi Arabia compared to Alien vs. Predator. I don't know if no. I'll go that far. No, I, no, no, I, no, no, it's no. been a long time since I watched Alien vs. Predator, but... This is a pile of garbage. Right, let's, so let's, I let's, can't imagine it. Let that. me tell you what this really is about. <laughs> this this article and parade sucking Danny Glover's dick uh, was written. Geez, this was written two weeks ago. What? Actually, no, this was written earlier this week, <laughs> September twelfth, two thousand nineteen. Was it written by Greg? <laughs> he, this, looked, he, he looked. He looked like it might have been. Yeah. So well, the thing is. We are we are in we are in the the you know the fast lane of SJW shit. Apparently, so this is just because a black man starred in this movie. It can't be that bad. Well, and it may be the only one where the main star was a black guy out of all the Predator movies. I think that's what it came down. I think because of this, if you look, I guarantee if you look back, because they even admit in this article that the reviews were brutal. Uh huh. Because I think part of the reason we'll get to. The reviews are brutal because this is probably if, if you talk about Jaws being perfectly cast, uh huh. Predator Two was terribly cast. Terribly, <sighs> when I say terribly, it was miscast because of, of, of racial stereotypes. It yes, was there's a lot of them because of the like Danny Glover as a badass badass uh, doesn't work no no Be, no 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 and we're going to I've been trying to hold off until we actually get into the movie <laughs> I but know, I can see the, it Danny Glover the entire fucking movie and this is no exaggeration from start to finish I'm just waiting for him to say I'm too old for this shit yeah I, just, the whole yes. fucking time and it's yes. not even I'm not blaming lethal weapon I'm just saying he's an old man Yes. And he walk, runs like an old man, <laughs> and he shoots like an old man. There's, I mean, it just there. It was unbelievable to begin with. The yeah. first mistake they fucking make is to make a sequel to Predator and not have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. How the hell do you make a, a sequel to a movie where he is the star, mm -hmm. like the star, like he, <clears throat> him and the Predator danced. Yeah. They danced. And you never get a follow-up to that. Nothing. I mean, even if you just killed them off at the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. to then move on, yes. like they do in Friday the 13th Part 2, even if you did that, there I would have been fine with yes. it. 
But no, you go to the jungles of L.A. The the reason being is because... Everything is so... Yes. Stereotypical. It reminds you of uh, of another movie that we did, um, Demolition Man. Uh, in terms of that stereotype of jungle warfare, I mean, uh, uh, city warfare. And then the reason why Schwarzenegger wasn't in here was because um, he was busy with Terminator 2. I don't... Then you wait. Then you wait. I agree. I then agree. you wait. Then There's you no wait. demand for Predator 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not a movie that's going to make money, mm-hmm. but you wait. Instead, you take the entire cast... Of lethal weapon, <laughs> except for the one character that everybody would go to see, which is Mel Gibson. Yes. The one, yeah, exactly. He's the only one that's not in it. Every fucking body else from Lethal Weapon is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are playing relatively the same character as they played in Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, it's... Danny Glover, and he's always sweating throughout the entire Oh, movie. my God, he yeah, just dude. sweats. I'm sitting there like, this is L.A. I mean, L.A. is supposed to be yeah. like perfect weather. It's and perfect. he he looks like he's in <laughs> literally in a jungle. Yes. He looks like he's in the Amazon somewhere. Bag, like he's wearing these shirts with suspended like back sweat. It, like, he he is, runs two feet. It's like his entire front shirt is just looks looks like my looks like Kenji been drooling. Like, what Until we get to the end where he turned into a ghost. <laughs> But we'll get to that a long, long time from now. It's just <laughs> motherfucking every. I did not like Danny Glover in this film. Oh my and god! And I like Danny Glover. Yes, he's he's a perfectly I love fine him actor. In Lethal Weapon, he's a perfectly fine. I've actor. Lo- wasn't he the he was the asshole in uh, Color Purple, wasn't he? He uh, was the guy uh, yes, that they I believe so. Yes, and he was awesome yes. in that. Like he's had some really good movies. I'm pretty sure it was him. I don't. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it was him. In the color purple, and he's had some great roles over the years. This was not one of them. This oh. was horrible. Um, I don't. I, I'm going to struggle to find anything positive to say about this movie. I can tell you that now. I. You know, you're not going to get an argument from me. Here's I mean, there's. Guy, here's this guy who wrote the article. Okay, you think he's married? Probably not. No. If no. he's writing a movie and writing an article about a movie that came out in 1987. Samuel Murian, who looks like he wasn't even born when the movie was released, is an entertainment journalist based in Los Angeles. For work, he goes to the movies. On his days off, he usually goes to the movies. Oh, God. He also priorities, prioritizes quality time with his beloved and gigantic five year old. St. Bernard oh, Beethoven. Jesus Christ. I told you. I told you. He's having sex with that dog. Isn't he, though? Isn't he? I would He's bet money. Samuel Murian. Let me just say, allegedly having sex with that yeah, dog. Allegedly having sex. <laughs> this motherfucker, I'm telling you, this is what pisses me off. Like, this motherfucker wasn't even born when this motherfucker Probably he, not. He no right to talk about Predator 2. He can shut the fuck up. This is our realm, Samuel. <laughs> He looks, I mean, look, look, look at him. I don't want to. He looks he exactly looks like, like a, he thought he would look yeah, like. Yeah, he, he does. looks exactly like he thought he would look like. He looks like a really douchey version of me. No, he's nowhere. He doesn't even know. You guys are in completely different universes. Maybe. He lives on Uranus. You live on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, Samuel Moore, what, what, what a what a he, he looks like he just reeks douche. <sighs> he, he, he reeks yeah, douche. Yeah, a little bit. 
kind of reminds me of the guy who wrote The Crow. Yeah, yeah. The comic book, The, the Crow, comic book not the movie. Just look Remember up. how douchey he was. Mm. Ugh. Anyway, so, so let's get into this so, pile of So garbage. originally they weren't even going to make a Predator 2. Uh, but what happened was the comic book series did really effing well. The Predator one or the Alien vs. Predator the one? The Predator one. Because I know the Alien vs. Predator one yes, went really batshit crazy. Yeah. Like, they sold tons of that yes. in the 90s. But it's, um, no, this, this, the comic book Predator did really, really well. And that, just like anything in Hollywood, if you can make money, you go out and make a damn film about it. Nowadays, you make sequels. <laughs> well, this was a sequel, Writing so stuff. same damn yeah. thing. Um, um, the Thomas Brothers, I think... Were the ones that wrote this? Yes, Thomas Brothers and of course Joel Silver was involved. And Joel Silver was the uh, was a producer on this film, which explains why the entire cast of Lethal Weapon is in it. <laughs> um, I think he's done him and Spielberg. If you look at our library of movies we covered, I think they've been involved with I don't know eighty percent of them, maybe more, <laughs> maybe more. I mean, I, I I think you have to look at like the only movie they may have not been involved with was like the. Black exploitation film, or, or, Ace the, or I don't know if he was involved with Ace Ventura. Halloween? No, he wouldn't have been too young for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, probably not involved with uh, Robin Hood. Friday. I don't know. I don't he, know. It doesn't matter. But he was involved with Robin Hood, wasn't he? Well, somebody was. Somebody was. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, so my, you know, this piece of shit. So we're opening up, and the, the thing I like about this movie. And if there's one thing I can say about this movie that I like it, is the fact they use all the music from Predator. I can, I think that when they stuck to the music that they took directly from Predator, it was good. Yeah. Because we like we we like that music. It we do. definitely makes you think of the Predator. It makes you you know envision the initial movie. Yes. Uh, when they deviate and they start like like adding a little bit of L.A. Mm crap to it i mean that was charm to it that's where i kind of lose it but for the most part they stuck to the original score yes um so i I, i'm not going to complain too much about that uh when they get away from the uh, predator score and they kind of do other things it's not as good i agree but i thought that the the idea of bringing the music over that iconic music well i think you kind of have to when i was watching that that's how i realized how just great of achievement predator was that that music was so. They still use it now. It's fantastic music. It's fantastic. You know, I mean, it's Jaws, the same thing. If you mm-hmm. you don't you reuse the Jaws music. Yes. Every time that you do a fucking Jaws movie, and then any time that you're doing something that's even like remotely influenced by Jaws, you're going to use the <laughs> Jaws music. I mean, yes. it's it's just that's just how it goes. Right. I mean, and it's the same kind of thing with Predator. Um. Where it was definitely all the movies in that series. Mm-hmm. Definitely, anytime you were thinking about a predator, you would hear that yes, music, which is great music. So, we start out with a flyby of it, like what it looks like a jungle. Yeah, a little little transition here, if you will. It gives you the effect. Okay, it was in jungle. Oh no, but we're over L.A. where there is your stereotypical gang fight between Colombians and Jamaicans and the cops and the cops, and it's just like you think. Except for the fact that the people and the gang members, they look more like, and I said, menudo. 
than they do like the action. Colombians did. Yeah. Yes, the Jamaicans, which you really don't see too much of the Jamaican. They're not really involved in the first scene. They no. kind of come later. Yes, and they look like over the top, like the guy, especially the head guy. Yes. Once we finally get to him, for- holy, I'll wait <laughs> because it's so goddamn bad. It really is. You it's could so- tell. There's no way you couldn't tell he's wearing a wig. <laughs> And he's just the clean-cut w- black dude yes. that could have literally could have been the guy from um, uh, Die Hard. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not the guy, yes. but it could have easily been that guy. Yes. Oh, my God. So so the thing is, just like Predator, I, more so than Predator, this has nothing to do with the, the fucking movie at all. Nope. It's like this whole, this whole writing, it, to me, it reminds me they lifted the whole storyline from Predator about the um, the uh, are they Colombians then that that camp? It reminded I mean, me they of were in South America, South but America, I don't remember Salvador, where. something like that. It didn't matter. Yeah. It, they were just, he, they're just going to conflict areas. They're just conflict areas. Um, and L.A. in the late '80s was considered a conflict area. Late yes. '80s, early '90s, L.A. was yes. kind of a war zone most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But to make that whole concrete jungle cliche is oh. just that. It's just disgusting. It's, and, it's disgusting. And I get the fact that, it, you know, you're, you essentially have two rival drug gangs and the cops kind of having a basically like a, a war in the streets of L.A. Yes, it's a I war. get that. But you know what? That didn't happen everywhere in L.A. Mm-hmm. It happened in certain districts. It happened in certain areas. Uh, you know, just like you would have Compton... And then, you know, you go six blocks up the street and you have a prestigious white neighborhood that's mm-hmm. not having, not having any of the problems no. that Compton are having. And I'm not blaming that on black people or anything else. I'm just saying th- there was a huge, there's a huge, from the rich on the hill yeah. to the common folk that live in L.A., there is oh. a huge gap. And it yes. still exists now. Oh, the yeah. difference is now it's, you know, uh, homeless encampments. And, uh, you know, I think most of the other areas have cleaned up a lot. I mean, even Compton's cleaned up a Mm. lot. I mean, and I'm not saying that in a negative way towards any race or anything. I'm just saying... Could have that caveat in there. Well, I'm just... I'm being specific. No, I agree. I agree. I I don't think it's a race thing. I think it's just there was poor people that were stealing and you know, doing drugs to survive. Mm. And now you have a different sect of poor people yes. where you have the homeless on the streets that are doing drugs and stealing and attacking people. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, 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 you know, you have like places like Compton, which used to be like a gang central yep. is more of a neighborhood now. Neighborhood. Yep. And people have jobs and they can go to work. They have you a meaning know. in life, y- y- which we need as men. And that's and that was and it's kind of the difference between now and then. But basically, you know, I'm not going to say that LA wasn't a war zone because there was yeah. definitely anyway, let's, areas let's that were shitholes. So, so uh, okay, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to. Keep I know, this, no, you know, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm so then we can. get to the only, you know, saving grace of this film, in my opinion. Morton down here. Morton Jr. the hardcore. <laughs> Doing the hardcore show. Hardcore show. His show is called Hardcore. He's like this. This. Uh, Did we cover Morton Downey Jr. before? I don't think we have. I can't remember because I've seen him in a couple things. I don't think we have. Okay, so Morton Downey Jr. was 
like a New York talk show host. He was only in New York for a long time. He was kind of like that in the face, in your face type guy mm-hmm. who told the truth. For the most part, he was a truth telling so type guy. But he was he was definitely provocative. Jerry's uh, he was Jerry before Jerry. Yes. Okay. He he was very provocative. He would put on like. He would get the racist versus the Black Panthers and yes. put them on the fucking stage with each other. I mean, it, it was that kind of situation, Glorious. and it was very, very in your face, in your face, you know. and very yes. violent. Yes, um, there was a lot of fights. There was a lot of that kind of shit. Yes. And he was the arbiter. He was the guy who, and the end of the show, he's going to tell you how it really is. You know, and he's going to shit on both sides. Yes, and that was the great part about yeah, it. I mean, on both sides. Besides the fact that he also seemed to back wrestling, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but out of where, out of nowhere, like he had a bunch of wrestlers that would come on, and if they were professional WWE guys, he kind of backed them. Mm-hmm. But then they'd have those, you know, uh, you know, the guys that didn't make it coming on and talking about all the negatives of it. And he would just shit on them like yeah. hardcore. I love that stuff. You can find all that online. Anyway, um, so that was the Morton Downey Jr. show. He parlayed that into a couple movie roles. He had a he had a guest spot on Tales from the Crypt. Yes. He he obviously did this film. He did a couple other movies, and right now they're not kind of jumping into my head. But essentially, he started in New York, and the ratings were so good that he became. Um, I guess it was, uh, he, he was, um, what's it called when they would record at one place and then they would play at other places. Syndicated. Syndicated. Thank you. So he became syndicated, um, across the country. I didn't get into him until very late in his run, mm-hmm. um, right before his show was canceled. And it was canceled for some kind of nastiness. nastiness I don't remember yeah, what it was. It wasn't ratings. Somebody, yeah. It was, he pissed somebody off somebody. a lot. I just, he always did, but this time he kind of went too far, I think. But anyway, um, he is, the character that he's playing in this movie is essentially the same character except for, think, talk show host versus this guy's the reporter guy. Yeah. And this was a cliche from the 80s as well that still to this day kind of pops up every once in a while. You've seen this cliche character pop up, especially in Mm B-movies. Where it's the overzealous uh, TV reporter that's in your face, you know, the hard copy, which is probably where they got the damn name from, hardcore. This was like hard copy or TMZ or, you know, one of those other kind of things. Um, those, the, uh, you know, get the story at, at any cost type journalists. Right, right. So he's out there rec- recovering this gang warfare. The police are called up in the. And there's kind of like this ensemble cast. You you meet there's it's Tortora, right? Nicholas Tortora. Uh-uh. That's not him. No, it's Ruben Blades. Ruben Blades. So Ruben Blades and uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. Yeah, something who, like that. Yeah. Who uh, she actually in preparation for this role of hers, she followed a couple cops, one of which specialized in black magic. But apparently she learned. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's okay. it. That's freaking serious. She like she like told her Maria's stories about how like one time she went into a uh, room where there was a bunch of body parts and bags being sold. Um, interesting shit. And you might remember Maria. Here's a tie-in. Maria was also in Running Man. 
with oh, Arnold okay, you're Schwarzenegger. Right. Okay, that, that was her? Okay. Yes, that was her. I didn't realize. And I knew I'd seen her somewhere before, but I couldn't remember. So there, I just figured it was because I watched this movie last year. That's right. So uh, so you see uh, this, this crew fighting back and forth between the Jamaicans and the Colombians and the cops. And that's when you see the most non-threatening cop badass of all time, Danny Clover, come charging in with his, was it a Cadillac or something like that? It was oh, like a Lincoln. Knows? It was a big A boat car. of a car. Um, he comes charging into the crime scene to save everybody. Yeah, he's going to save the day. He's going to save the day. Meanwhile, in the background, you do hear that classical predator music, as I was saying. Um, so Glover proceeds to get in his car, drive it through the war zone without a door on. He's hanging off the side, using it as a shield for the officers. Yeah, because there was two cops that were down, yeah. so they were trying to get him out of the the firing zone. <laughs> his ass was so old, he would have fallen off that damn steering wheel. Yeah. Let's be realistic here. Um. So this causes the gang members to retreat in their headquarters. Well, no, they retreat behind a truck. Uh, I mean, a bunch of them go into the headquarters, and then there four of them go behind a truck. So for some goddamn reason, he runs out around the truck. He's got a, what was it, a shotgun? A Glover? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot. He opens up his trunk. He's got a freaking arsenal in there. Yeah. He's got every type of weapon, every type of caliber you can think of. So anyway, he takes this, like, pump-action shotgun... Yes around the side of the truck, and for God knows what reason, he yells at them to get them to turn around. There's four yeah, of them with yeah. automatic weapons. With automatic weapons that could just make him into a pincushion. And as soon as they turn around, he manages to shoot them one at a time. One, two, three, four. But it's like, why in God's name <laughs> would, would you, you yell out, Hey! <laughs> hey, guys! I'm right here, guys! Hey, I'm behind you! Turn around! Uh, it didn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Right. Why would you do that? You would right. just shoot him. Right. And then I'm sitting here thinking, is this that conscious that they would sit there and say, oh, well, you shot him in the back, and then he would get in tr- some kind of... Tr- I mean, I'm literally trying to wrap some kind of logic behind there that scene. There is no... You need to... Do, and it's need, just shit. You need to take logic, you need to ball that shit up, and just throw it out the window. I mean, there it's There is just, no logic in this movie. I'm a badass, and I can shoot four guys hey, before hey. they can get off a single shot with fucking hey. semi... With a fully automatic machine guns. And let's face it. You've been... If you've been, if you've been a cop in this war zone for a long time, like they're depicting her, you wouldn't give a shit. No. Just blow away now. Fuck no. shit. There's more assholes in it. You would Hey, guys. I'm right here, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. So, what are you doing? So, so the gang members... <laughs> Run into the, this damn deep. It's like a weapons depot from like fucking Afghanistan in there. It was like you know ISIS's whole the weapons they had. This gang had access to. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, because I mean, it's honestly you you were wondering if they were going to open a door into a room and there'd be a tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was yes. that kind of weaponry. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then you, and then you had the one gang member who had the double Uzis, of course, nineteen eighty. I mean, sorry, 1990, goes in for the biggest snort of cocaine mm-hmm. that we've covered since um, The Crow. Well, I, I look at this as a, an 80s movie. I know it, is, yeah. it released in 90, but it was really a, an 80s Yeah, film. I think the 80s genre really started tailing off in like 92. I yeah. Mean, blood over a little bit in 92. Um, so 
uh, because as they're as they're loading up their weapons in this ridiculous hideout, something's going on. Uh, outside, Glover's getting ready. He's like, oh, he's got to these assholes out. Oh, but you can't go in the building. We're not allowed. Not allowed in the building. We just it just came down from the lieutenant <laughs> or the the stereotypical asshole lieutenant Robert <laughs> Davy. Every single movie in the uh, world that has cops in it, there's your stereotypical asshole lieutenant. Well, and you remember Robert Davy from uh, uh, fucking Die Hard? Yes, he's he's the. <laughs> it reminds me of Saigon. I was in middle school, asshole. I was in middle school. <laughs> so yeah, it's the same guy. Um, he was always always the asshole cop, an asshole cop. Always or whatever. We an asshole cop. He almost cop. always played asshole. We cop. didn't get an asshole cop in there. Is Dave wasn't he the... Wishmaster as well? Was he? I I can't remember. I think he was. I don't know. I think he was the Wishmaster. So something happens inside of this this freaking weapon depot. As Glover is taking out the assholes, as he said, wants to go and take out the assholes, a massacre occurs. Yeah, because he goes in, and once he finally gets in there, he sees one guy <laughs> who's got like the double Uzis. Yes, the coked up double Uzi guys. And he's just shooting into a room <laughs> and completely ignoring the fact that Danny Glover's there. Yes, completely ignoring the fact. So they blow him away. And no, they, then they, they, doesn't he run up in the he runs up to the roof, remember? And Danny Glover oh, follows right. him. Oh right, he followed him, right? And he just completely ignores Glover. He doesn't care about Glover. So you get, see him get up on the ledge, turn around, and that's where you see. There, unlike unlike the original movie Predator, in this movie Predator Two, it's just in your face. Yeah, that's Predator another thing I hated in about your this effing face, which sucks. It's like okay, he's supposed to be. Hidden. Hidden. Okay, that's the whole point. The whole camo thing is just kind of like an additional thing to help him hide. Mm -hmm. This time, he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go out into the middle of the street and shoot people. It it just didn't make any sense. I mean, he acts completely opposite than Jungle Predator. Completely opposite. And not to mention the fact... He gets shot about a million and a half times. It doesn't affect him until Danny Glover shoots him. Exactly. He's he, he's a goofy kind of predator. He's a goofy guy. He's <laughs> a goofy guy, you know? He's in the city. He's in the vibe. Unlike Jungle Predator, who's taking his time to hunt down these motherfuckers. When everybody's around, he'll go and pick them off one at a time. Because that's what they do. That's the, that is a predator uh, culture. But not here in Predator 2. So, yeah, fuck it. Ugh. I, I, I didn't understand. This predator made no sense. Not to, and like I said, the fact that he's constantly getting shot in this film, yes. and nothing affects him. What's it's like? Basically, we're going to just shoot him full of bullets, and he's Superman until the end when Danny Glover shoots him. Yeah, it's different. Though. But I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's different. It's different. So uh, <laughs> Glover chases uh, Uzi guy up, telling him to put the gun down. And when Uzi sees uh, the, the camouflage predator, he uses to put the guns down, lo- uh, raises the guns, and that's when Glover shoots his ass and he falls off. And of course, like um, Glover turns around and sees the predator right away. Like again, there's that contact. You see the camo- camouflage predator, and the predator just leaves. Uh, at this point. Glover is sweating like a government mule. 
Um, they're investigating the, the hideout, and that's when um, it looks again. It looks like a slaughterhouse, and that's when um, what's his name uh, looks up and sees the Mexican hanging upside down in the bathroom. <clears throat> right. And of course, Maria Conchito Alonso has the best line in this entire scene because this is how wonderful the writing is. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's, there, oh, the, the writing is terrible. The, the one-liners are just... Ugh. I don't remember a single one-liner from this film that kind of stood out as a good one-liner. They're none. They're none. Even the whole shit happens going back and forth. Yeah. I, even the stuff that the Predator says, like when he... I think the closest thing that comes to being even a decent line is when the Predator uh, says, did you want a piece of candy in the kid's voice to Bill Paxton? Yes. That's like the closest thing that, that is, you that, get yeah. to a good line yes. in this movie. The rest the of it scene too. is shit. That, that whole scene's the best scene, in my opinion. In, on the, the train, yeah. yeah that's so the we'll wait till we we'll get to it. We're, um, we should just be there. Of course, Clubber. All I know is that, dude, I was watching this. Like, okay, first off, before we go on, I watched two movies last night. I watched Predator 2, and I watched the uh, Banana Splits movie. Wait a minute. The Banana, Banana Splits Gang movie. Okay. Okay. Which is a horror film. Okay. And it's awesome. Okay. This, so, you know, and I have to come and do a review on this movie. So you're bitter. I'm bitter, Just yes. admit you're bitter. And I, I don't blame you for being bitter, bitter for watching this piece of shit. Because I, I watched And I, was, I know I was watching it, and I'm like trying not to fall asleep. And I looked, and I clicked on the Xbox to see how much time there was left. And there was still 40 minutes left. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? What is going on here? You were miserable. I was. I was really miserable. <laughs> yeah. So, so Glover leaves the building. And of course, he starts getting chewed out. Yes. Old man Glover, who hasn't ascended far enough in the ranks to avoid being chewed out, is being chewed out. And, and he wasn't supposed to go in there because it was a federal matter. Yeah, which, no, you know, whatever. Um, none of this matters. Um, and you see this helicopter land. What looks like a bunch of Sopranos inside with sunglasses. Same black jacket. They, you know, it looks like a, what I looked, thought about it first thing. It looks like a Robert Palmer film. Yeah. Movie, except they're all guys instead of the guys. You mean a video? Yes, a video, a music video. Right. It reminded me of that. So we're back at the police station, which looks like. Are the, you addicted to love? I'm addicted to love. I'll have to add that to him. So back to the police station, how do you pronounce Moe's Isley Cantina? It doesn't. It, I'm not going to pronounce so, it. So that's, that's exactly what it looks like. Fuck it's, sugar it is, it is Yeah, fuck. It is a, it is a clusterfuck in there. And Glover is, is lamenting the fact that he has to cut off his dick and shut up his ass because he's been informed the FBI, FBI is taking over uh, the investigation of gang warfare. Um, and Glover wants... King Willie's voodoo gang taken down. Yeah. I mean, that just sounds yeah. ridiculous. So, um, Glover and what's his name? Tort not Tortoro. Um, Ruben Blades. Ruben Blades are in his office lamenting the fact about what happened. Um, you know, they can't, you know, they can't believe what happened. That's when they are, we're introduced to uh, one Bill Paxton, the late Bill Paxton. Yeah. 
unfortunately in this movie. Unfortunately, yes. So he, he is unfortunately, and he is he is a lone ranger in this movie. He is the cocky guy, you know. Yeah. He he plays that character a couple times mm-hmm. through his career. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one time where I really hate it. Like you love that character as Chet from Weird Science, yes, but you fucking can't stand him in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's just so over the top, like full of himself and annoying that he's you so annoying. can't. And I know he's supposed to be, but. Even when somebody's supposed to be annoying, it's supposed to be enjoyable. Yes. And he's not enjoyable. And I don't know if it's because this movie's, you know, almost 30 years old, or if it's just that the writing was so piss poor that it was hard to get it. Because he tells these stories, and the... He, the stories are just inane, inane, stupid, poor babble, and and crotch grab for his efforts. And it doesn't, like, none of it really has anything to do with what's going yes. on. He just and I mean the only his big catchphrase in the movie is I'm what was it? I'm great at that or that's my number know. one thing. I, or, I don't I don't even know. I can't I, even remember yeah, what it was. That's he, how awesome it was. His answer to everything was that that's what I'm best at. That's it. That's what I'm that's, best I at. I didn't even notice that. And so about this every time somebody asks him to do something, that's what he responds with. That's what I'm best at. And it's like ugh, I mean there's yeah. nothing there's nothing the character development memorable yes, the about character. the character There's and nothing. the whole point is to make you like this guy mm-hmm. because it's the thing that's going to push Danny Glover over the edge yes. even though he's done lost his partner of 35 years in Ruben Blades well, we which I don't know what the fuck how long he's been together but they you know to academy together he felt he felt bad about that one because he felt responsible yes. even though he told Ruben Blades not to go into the fucking apartment which that scene's coming up like in a minute mm-hmm. um but then the thing that's supposed to push him over the edge of course is the white guy dying uh <laughs> just to throw a little <laughs> bit of race in there uh, fuck Ruben Blades yeah. and uh you know the spanish chick lives but uh you know Bill Paxson. Bill Paxson. That pushed he was just doing edge. what I told him to do. Do what I told him to do. And he got killed. And that's the thing that's supposed to push him over the edge. And now he has to kill the fucking predator, at, the predator. At going into the end of this movie. And it just like, what the fuck, dude? I mean, now, now, you don't like him. You, you don't, don't like Bill Paxton through you, this fucking film. There's okay. never a point where that's you're right. just like, shut the fuck up. We'll get this move on. So. Lone Ranger. What the fuck was that? You're just going on and on about this That's shit. That's what we, we do. We got no, but I get the point. I get the point. So today, I get the fucking point. Then go through this thing. No, Because this is nonsense. Fly by. We're not going to fly. We got to give it the proper medicine. I don't care about any of this. Okay. Okay. You know what was important? What? Just mirandering on about Bill Paxton. That that was very, and he realized that's what you were doing. Yes, and that was the important <laughs> part of this whole fucking thing. So Glover welcomes on the. We spent twenty minutes on fucking Glover at the beginning. And Morton Downey Jr. You spent about a good ten minutes on him. Who as cares? Well. Okay. The movie sucks. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing good about this film. Well, can we criticize the next scene? Go. Because we're in to quote Revenge of the Nerds. We're about to see some Bush. Okay. Yes, we are. <laughs> so. The next scene, we focus in on uh, there's an apartment building in, in, in a condominium in New York. Uh, I'm sorry, not New York City, even though it's filmed in, in, in L.A., where we see 
the glorious sight of some woman riding some dude with no context at all, just that there's titties all over the place. Yeah, it's just an obligatory titty that shot. That kind of woke me up a little bit, being the red-blooded American male that I am. <sighs> I don't um, know that it did much for me. Didn't do much. You didn't, didn't, didn't like this scene? It was okay. Really? Interesting. What about the scene with Range of the Nerds? Yes, I like that. That, that was a good scene. Yes. That was a great scene. Um, so, out of the blue, because apparently this guy's a Colombian drug lord. Yeah, because we were supposed to know that. Somehow. We were we were supposed to know that. Uh, King Willie's Jamaican tri- voodoo tribe shows up and says, they're going to take charge because a Colombian drug lord would have zero protection at all. Yep. Zero protection. He's got fucking Aztec columns in his condominium, but he can't afford freaking... You know, Minuteman security. Nope. So they come in and they say they have to take his soul. Uh, yeah. They have to take his soul. So they hang his ass upside down. Little Peter I, hanging out. The, the only part about this that I was trying to figure out whether, and I once again, trying to apply logic to a movie that made no sense. I was trying to figure out if they were doing that, like hanging him upside down and cutting him and shit. To rep to kind of like make it look like they were responsible for the predators' kills. That would have just been so forced. Are you talking about the writers did that? Or yeah, the writers wrote that scene to, with the to, where the voodoo guys are. No, the voodoo guys themselves are yeah. trying to take credit for, for killing all the other people right. in the building. Where they were hung upside down and drained of blood and all that but, shit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, th- is that? Yeah, but remember the predator. As they leave the gym, the uh, Colombian hangout, the predator actually takes the guy who was hanging upside down. No, I don't remember. That's okay. I don't blame you. So King Willie starts uh, taking. He's got to take uh, the the Colombian soul and starts hacking into his his stomach. I mean, and that's when we see uh, the predator attack. Um, uh, there's <laughs> Jesus Christ, this scene's so bad. Why the fuck is a predator there? Is he like the predators everywhere that anything's going on? Like what? I don't know. Like what? I, does he have a? Does he have a, some angst against them or something like that? Does he want to take charge of the drug trade? I don't understand. What the in Predator the original one, it was about the hunt. Yes, it was solely about the hunt, trying to hunt you know, humans mm-hmm. that were warriors. Here, you're dealing with the dregs of society. And he's just... He's just hunting down just, just this uh, <laughs> drug culture, which makes no sense no, whatsoever. No sense at all. Uh, and, I mean, at least as later on in the movie, when the Predator decides that he's going to get Danny Glover, mm-hmm. at least then it makes sense that he's trying to hunt down... A officer, an a, officer, yeah. or even the the Jamaican guy, and I mean that almost makes a little bit of sense. This scene alone makes zero sense, and you can make an argument that the first scene he would have been like attracted to the explosions and shit. Yeah, this was a quiet scene yes. going on in a hotel room. There is zero reason for the fucking yes. predator to be here. Maybe he's Jamaicans, and then on top of that. He's going to be all like in his, you know, I'm invisible thing. And then he turns it off. This turns it off for the hell. And I'm just fucking predator running around. 
And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to kill like the, you know, heavy bush ch- chick. Because <laughs> she had a lot of bush. She had a lot of bush. We get to see that in a second. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to kill her. I'm going to kill everybody <laughs> else in the fucking room. Leave her to tell the tale yes. to the feds. I, I mean, I none imagine. of this makes sense. Maybe he's a good guy. Maybe the predator's a good guy. Maybe he realizes that everybody in this movie sucks, and he wants to end it as quickly as he can. I guess. I don't know. It, none of this makes sense. So, well, what's great? Also, our predator here turns into Batman, because he has all these gadgets. And oh, just, yeah. Every weapon that he uses, the weapon itself becomes decamouflaged. The Predator is still camouflaged. Yeah. But like his tuning forks, his batarang, his fucking spear. Yeah. He's got all these different really cool gadgets. And as soon as he uses them, they're no longer invisible. Yeah. And he just starts slaughtering everybody in this in this room. Slaughtering. Yeah. But Not, then himself, he becomes un- invisible. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. Scares for the no last guy. The last guy. Um, oh, he has a net as well. Yeah, the, about the, net. the net that basically cuts into the yeah, cuts, Jamaican dude. Yes. So unlike the jungle predator, like this guy is again, he's Batman, he's Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Ugh. Just I don't know, going through, you realize this really fucking sucks. These writers suck, my asshole. They there ruined was the predator. So much bad in this movie. He rarely used that freaking iconic shoulder blaster. Rarely used it. Come on, that like. That's, that was iconic. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when he actually used it. He used it on Busey. Right. Okay. That's that's the only time I remember him using it. But he didn't shoot Busey with it. I thought he like fired He shot it. something out of his back. Oh, okay. Don't you remember that? I guess. I like, thought he got distracted by Danny Glover. Yeah, okay, you're right. And shot like a And he shoots shot. something out of his back. He's like, yeah. Like he's fucking Boba Fett. There you go. <laughs> because remember, Boba Fett happened before this movie. Yeah. Because it was a long time ago in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it was so in a galaxy far, far away, too. Fucking, he came, he, Boba Fett came to L.A. to save us from this movie. Ugh. It's not even the Predator. It's just Boba Fett dressed up as the fucking Predator. Ugh. With his, with his uh, toys. With his fucking fishnet <laughs> stockings. Fucking toys. <laughs> That's nice. Dude. Looks ridiculous compared to the fucking Jungle Predator as well. I know. Jungle Predator looks so the badass. The Jungle Predator had the same kind of outfit on, yet he looked badass. This, this, In this one, this, this guy looked like a fucking trans- streetwalker. Vestite. <laughs> Woman of the night. He's trans- a fucking streetwalker <laughs> with, a, with a hoodie <laughs> and, a, and a fucking face mask on. It was ridiculous. Oh, my God. So as, as uh, there's this just... Ass whooping going on. The, this is where you see the woman run away, and as she's running away, you get a a, a shot full of crotch. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it, there's they more couldn't than one have made it any more obvious if they didn't zoom in and you could actually count the pubic hairs. It was fucking ridiculous. Yes, yes. Um, so the aftermath is uh, Morton Downey shows up with his hardcore, um, while Glover, who looks like he just conducted a masturbatory session of epic proportions, yeah, he's sweating, sweating his, his ass, ass off. Sweating his just shows up. He's just sweating his ass off. What was he doing before this? I tell you, he, he found himself an alleyway, and he relieved him. Um, so they walk into the uh, drug lord's apartment where everybody's hanging upside down. Of course, their first inclination is it's King Willie is trying to take over, and he's doing some voodoo shit. Um, and there's a survivor. Mrs. Bush is surviving. Um, and, and she just kept saying a monster a or monster, something. Yeah. 
they look up and one of the Predator's tuning forks is stuck <coughs> in the AC unit. Yeah, but somehow the feds that come through and sweep through this <laughs> entire fucking room like it's, you know, mm-hmm. the last place on Earth, mm-hmm. they don't see it. But Reuben Blades, he sees it. He sees it. He it's looks right up, there. Right there. Playing it right there. Um, so and that would, and it's not like it would be something that would stand out, man. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck him. So. Uh, I'm at, glad he's dead. That's when uh, Busey shows up, um, following uh, Downey Jr. They get Giant Jr. the hell out of there, and that's when the dude from ID Four. The dude, the one, uh, I don't know. Oh, maybe. Adam Baldwin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Baldwin. Sorry. Yeah. Um, tells Glover not to fuck with Busey. Yeah. Busey. You don't want to fuck with him. Another, another miscasting right here. <sighs> I, it's like you look at him. Yeah, like, but he always plays that kind of role. Like, you know, all of his bigger roles, Adam Baldwin's bigger roles, he's always played that same role. Yes. He plays that role there. He played it in ID4. He plays the same role in Chuck. Yes. The TV show, like he always played that same fucking role. Right. Hold on. So I don't think he was really poorly casted. I think he's fine in this role. It's, it is what it is. And they originally cast. Uh, they really wanted uh, John Lithgow. To be what? Role. Yeah, yeah. For which? For 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 um. What's for Adam Baldwin's? No, for Busey's. I'm sorry. 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 I was saying Busey. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say Adam Baldwin's a small character in this movie. It, I don't have any problem with him. Busey, Lithgow couldn't have played that role. No, either. I don't understand. There's no like, fucking way no. Lithgow. Lithgow. I mean, you're better off with Busey than you yes. were with Lithgow. Which isn't saying much. No, and I'm sitting here, you know, the next scene. Oh, I'll wait till no, we no, get the to next it. Scene, the next scene. No, we'll wait till next week to have the next scene. Uh, really appreciate by listening to the first anniversary show of JB's Driving Podcast. Um, we. Really appreciate everybody. And I want to send a special shout-out to my co-host, Paul Drogas. Uh, he puts a lot of effort into the show. Half the time he shows up looking like he'd rather be somewhere else. The other half, he looks like he just wants to shoot himself. But he puts a lot of time and effort, and he really cares about the audience and cares about the show and cares about uh, hanging out with me. And without him, the show wouldn't be possible. He does bring the the funnies, I should say. Um, you know all the uh, social media outlets we hang out, JB's Driving Podcast. Make sure to follow us, what have you. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, we're looking forward to the next year. We really are. Really, really looking forward to next year and, and see what else we can uh, devise to entertain everybody. Uh, with that being said, we will see you next week for Predator 2. Oh, before I, before I stop, really good lineup coming up for the rest of the year. Really, really positive lineup. Looking forward to to some of the shares that we have. Now, with that being said, we will see you next week for part two of Predator 2.